Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Emotional Mastery Podcast. I am your host, Rochelle. This podcast started as a space to use my voice, to share my journey of healing, and it's turned into so much more. It's a space about all things emotional, because for me, learning to self-regulate and accept what I was feeling was game-changing. Together, we learn the tools to self-regulate. We talk spirituality, holistic healing, and modalities such as human design and astrology to help you radically trust, love, and accept yourself. I have some amazing guests on here that share their story and share their tools. And this is really just a space to support you in healing mind, body, and soul. So I thank you so much for tuning in and putting yourself first. I appreciate every single one of you. Welcome back to another week, another episode on the podcast. I'm going to be doing a two-part sort of best of episode um, in this month. So I usually in the past have taken December off of the podcast. I am not doing that this month. I am taking an off a uh, month off of interviews. So this is just going to be two parts of a recap of the best episodes that you guys loved. So the best, the most listened to episodes, most downloaded episodes. So these are literally your favorite episodes. I am taking bits and pieces of all of them and combining them in two two episodes that are going to come out this week. Next week is just going to be like my lessons of 2022. I put out a little um, thing on Instagram and I'll put it out again. I want to hear what your lessons have been because I want to include that in the episode. So if you are listening to this before December 15th, I believe, um, let me know what what you've learned this year, what lessons have come up because I want to include that in the next week's episode as I talk about my personal lessons from the year because they have been huge. So much, so much Taurus energy coming up, or so much Taurus energy has come up this past year. I've talked to a lot of people about that. I have a lot of Taurus energy, um, or just prominent Taurus energy. I have my son and my Mercury in Taurus in the 10th house. So this is literally my ego needs to shine in career. And it's just a beautiful unfolding as I have felt like I'm really just like leaning into every season that comes up this year. In the past, I've like so much resisted it. I've gotten so much in my emotions and so much in my mind. And I'm not saying that hasn't happened this year because of course it has. Like I'm human, I'm working through all this, but it's felt very fluid in a way that I haven't necessarily experienced it before. I literally just felt like every single season, every single cycle, every single, there was an element of just like flowing with it and meeting the lessons and just kind of, and and seeing the synchronicities, um, Gosh, it's just been it's been really cool. I'm actually going to do I think in next week's episode when I do the best of um, or the lessons of I think I'm going to include some of the best books I've read this year. I started making a Trello board so that next year I can go through and just like you know like literally see month per month what I'm reading because it's like I was thinking about it the other day. I've read so many books this year, and then when I was looking at my bookshelf, I was like, oh, I wish I knew like which ones I actually read this year. You know, apart from the ones I've read recently. So I'm definitely tracking that. So next year you'll have like a big one with all the books I'm reading. But I always talk about it on here. And Instagram. So if you follow me on there or the newsletter, you're always going to get kind of like tidbits of what I'm reading because I usually put a quote on the Master Mondays newsletter from a book that I'm reading. So if you're not on that email list, if you don't get that Master Mondays to your email, you can sign up below. It is literally human design lesson, uh, astrology transits. I talk about the podcast update on the podcast, um, attachment theory, and then just kind of like anything that's really like calling to me that week, anything, any major lessons that I'm learning that feel very collective or anything that's just kind of like, you know, any pings I get that I feel need to be talked about on the on um, 
in the newsletter. Just so it's literally meant to inspire you on Monday, right? So again, the link for that is going to be in the show notes. But yeah, this year again has just been so big and just like following and being fluid with it and, and following the synchronicities. And um, gosh, in recapping, I'm two of the biggest. I mean, it's been in the it's been the year of the body. 100%, which makes so much sense with Taurus in the North Node, right? And um, in Scorpio on the South Node and just all the massive Taurus transits and energy that have been going on. But the two biggest like shifts to my health this year have been getting off of birth control in February, which really helped. Oh my gosh, it shifted so much. I mean, it was like night and day from before birth control until after birth control. And getting off birth control just in itself allowed me to connect so much more deeper with my body. I have a whole episode on that. I'll link it in the show notes. Just really allowed me to connect myself in such a beautiful way that then I was so much more able to see like what really felt good and what really didn't feel good, right? And kind of like tapping into that. And so then the end of this year ended with September 27th was my very last alcoholic drink of the year. And I, you know, I've had um, an up and down journey with alcohol. And I think, you know, to each their own, there is no judgment and no shame. And everyone will come to it in their journey if that is in their journey. And if not, that's fine as well, right? We all just trust ourselves and feel what feels good. But just the more I wanted to become sober, I feel like I was just so, and the more I became in tune with my body, I just noticed so much more how it did not feel good anymore. Like I would have a drink and I wouldn't be able to sleep. I would feel anxious the next day. I just did not feel good. And I was talking to somebody few days ago and they were saying that they were really anxious and I just asked I was like have you drank in the last couple of days because usually alcohol will make you anxious obviously the day, the next day when you're hungover but also two days after right you like you'll get that emotional sort of hangover like anxiety and um, yeah and they said that they had had a drink and so it is just like really noticing that noticing that your body and and don't judge it right just witness it observe it that's another thing that I feel like the the back end of this year has been really empowering for me and being able to probably because I stopped drinking, right? The anxiety wasn't clouding all of my judgments, right? It wasn't clouding the way I felt about myself or the way my body felt, but I was really able to just kind of more so be like, hmm, that's interesting. That judgment that's coming up, that's interesting. Or, you know, those shadows that are coming up, that's interesting. Those negative, you know, quote unquote, perceived negative thoughts. Those are interesting. So yeah, it's just been a really beautiful year and I will get more into that next week on the episode. But this episode, um, our half of the best of of this year that you guys really loved. Um, I have Stacey Failing in this episode, Sarah Cohan in this episode, um, my own personal microdosing lesson in this episode. Uh, the next one is going to have Bijou, um, the m- Mushroom Mamacita. She's in the next one. Um, jo- Joelle from Alohi Maui. And then a clip from, the, from Mickey's channeled lesson for me. And those were, you know, some of your favorite episodes this year. So I want to just kind of say like, I feel like every single time I interview somebody, it's always exactly the lesson I need. It's always what I'm going through. And especially, it, you know, I I feel it during the interview, but it's even more so when I'm editing it. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the message my soul needs right now. So it's always divine synchronicity. But Stacy Failing, oh, it was such a beautiful conversation. She had just launched her podcast And she recently hit a really major milestone in her podcast. And I noticed myself feeling a little bit of envy, right? Where I was like, ooh, like I've been doing this for X amount of years and she just started, right? It was kind of like that, that jealousy, that envy that came up. But I was also able to be like, okay, 
that's interesting. You know, I'm feeling envious. And also, I can sit here and feel that because I know where I'm headed, right? And and be able to applaud and support her in her journey. It is beautiful what she is doing. And I am going to link her podcast down below. Like, please go give it a listen. Like, it was it was such a good episode. You guys loved the episode. Stacy was awesome. It was so nice to connect with her. And I'm so like, literally just it's beautiful to watch her podcast unfold and her unfold and everything. So um, but I did notice that 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 came up. And so again, like just lessons everywhere. If we can like observe everything around us, like there are lessons all around us, right? Like the people that come into our lives are a lesson. Like everything that the divine is bringing to us is a lesson. Um, Sarah Cohan, uh, she is a 6'3 projector. So I feel like so much of a mirror element there. Um, I learned, you know, in our very, in this, this episode, um, we recorded the beginning of the year. Actually, I think we recorded at the end of 2021 and it came out in the beginning of the year. But, you know, we talk about attachment theory, we talk about yoga nidra, and there's so many things that like through her have now become major parts of my life. Like I, you know, she talked about yoga nidra and the 6'3 in me is always experimenting, right? So it's like, this is the beautiful thing about having a podcast is I get to learn all these tools and modalities and try them for myself, right? Which can become overwhelming, but I just, I, I'm always going to try everything. Like, so, like if somebody drops me a link and it's like, oh, I wonder if this is any good, I'll be the one to try it out for you. <laughs> I'll let you know what I thought. But yeah, during this conversation, she had talked about yoga nidra and I went and uh, the, specifically the yoga nidra that she talks about attuned to the moon. Um, I started doing the, those yoga nidras and then I got involved in the astrology cohort, the year-long astrology cohort. And Jana Romer is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, like the way she speaks about astrology, I would love to get her on the podcast. So that is one of my goals for 2023 is to get her on the podcast because she is just, I mean, it's almost like no words can describe the energy that she has and, and holds and the way that she presents and puts forth astrology. It is so much deeper than just like learning about the science. There's just such a beautiful, it's like poetry the way she speaks about it. So that is, uh, watch out for that and manifesting that for 2023. And then attachment theory. Attachment theory, I had heard about it before, but Sarah and I kind of like dug into it a little bit. And then I started going down the personal development rabbit hole. And then I signed up for the integrated attachment theory certification. And I just finished that. So I just have to take the test and I am officially certified. But the subconscious reprogramming tools that I've learned through there have been life-changing and it's completely transformed the way that I do coaching sessions now and the feedback has been great and so again like following these synchronicities these things that come into your life and so I'm so appreciative of Sarah who also just had a baby so congratulations to Sarah um, and her and her beautiful family and then I talk about um, another episode about my personal microdosing lessons so I started microdosing in February I believe it was and yeah, I talk about it all in the episode. Again, all of these episodes, I'll link for the full episode as well, if you have not listened to them. So you can just pop down and listen to whatever one um, piques your interest. But yeah, I started microdosing in February and I was almost like afraid of it. <laughs> the very first time I swallowed the pills, I was like, oh my gosh, can I throw this up? Like, I don't want to like freak out. And of course, like it is, it, it is such a minor, minor. I mean, it's, it's less than a glass of wine. It's less than like, um, yeah, I would say it's, just, it's like a it's like a glass of wine in, in the way that it makes you feel. But it's so powerful, and plant medicine is super powerful and super potent. And mushrooms was something I never touched in my youth. I, I wanted to, but I was I didn't. And as I've learned more about it, I'm so glad that I didn't because so often it's like we are not energetically or spiritually or mentally ready 
for the power that these plants hold for us. And so we do them recreationally and there's so much stimulation. We're not being intentional. And it can be a scary thing when you have all these things coming up and you're not in any, you're not supported. You're not in any way prepared for what can come up. I was speaking to somebody and they were expressing their very first uh, mushroom trip and they weren't prepared at all. And they were saying like, you know, like months after that, it, it affected them. And so it's really like honoring and respecting this plant medicine. And I was reading um, uh, a blog or an email that was kind of touching on this. And it was talking about, you know, ancient civilizations and ancient cultures, like for them, it wasn't just like, a, oh, I'm going to do ayahuasca today and, and you know, deepen my spirituality. I mean, it was like preparation in order for these ceremonies. And so like kind of like coming back and remembering, you know, remembering that and in and the power and how deep these go into our history and being able to have respect for that and honor that in a beautiful way. And, you know, spirituality, I just read Tantra. It was a ph- phenomenal book. And Tantra believes that enlightenment can happen just like that. And then yoga is like the gradual development of of the self, all these spiritual practices that will bring you to enlightenment. I don't think there is a right or a wrong way. I think you can do yogic practices and then have that instant, you know, it, that kind of like in the moment enlightenment that just, but there's a lot of work that goes into it. It's, it's you know, when you look at even like plant medicine or deepening your spirituality, it's a slow practice, right? You have to clear out all of the the muck, right? You have to clear out the shadows. You have to work on it and you're never going to be like fully healed, but it is a it is a process. It is a journey to get there. And so, I mean, it's it it's just it takes time. It takes consistency, it takes showing up day after day, like meditation, um reading, expanding your mind, you know, being able to shift your perspective. It is really really a process. But it's a beautiful process too. It can be really frustrating. It can be really painful, especially when you're digging down to those depths. I know I have been doing the reprogramming work and then I re-signed up for TBM. So we're going through the manifestation challenge now. But between like starting my own personal reprogramming work and then going back through Unblocked Inner Child from TBM, I went through a really sticky like few weeks there where it was just like, all of this stuff was coming up for me. And so it makes it like this emotional intensity because it's, it's, it's pulling up you know, your shadows, your blocks, your subconscious beliefs, and rewriting those and working through them. So it's a process. It is a process, but it is, gosh, and I just, and I feel like this year has been the year where it's just cracked open and I've been able to really fully see it in a way that I haven't before. I'm like kind of being able to turn around and be like, holy shit, like I have come so, so unbelievably far, like such a different human being. And it's gotten to the point where it's like the things that I'm now wanting to manifest before I consciously wanted them, but my subconscious was like, no, no, there's no way. Like we, it's no, right? And so all the work I've been doing now, I feel like I consciously want it and my subconscious is getting on board, right? There are still some blocks, of course. There are still some major blocks in there, but I notice there it's not screaming no anymore, it's not. It's it's just everything else is falling in line and I just and I feel it. I feel it. So I'm really excited for that. Um and then I talked to Joelle of Alohi Maui. And gosh, I just learned so much about how to care for my skin, especially as I'm aging. I'm 36 and gosh, when I was in my 20s, I did not take care of my skin. I will be the very I mean, I smoked, I drank, <laughs> I 
barely cleaned my face. Like most nights I woke up with makeup on the, from the night before and I only washed my face like in the shower. I had no practices to take care of my skin. And I'm fortunate that my skin is not worse than it is because I, I believe that my skin probably has taken a beating, but our, our body is beautiful and, you know, um, but I've always eaten healthy, right? I've always kind of been more conscious of the food wise health aspect of it. Um, even if I, you know, smoked and didn't take off my makeup, I quit smoking at 28. So I'm almost, I think, gosh, nine years, just about nine years ago, I quit smoking. Um, but yeah, so I, so Joelle really helped me, um, just be able to honor my skin and treat my skin right and learn what works for my skin. And, you know, I still, of course, have acne like around my period um, because now that I'm actually getting one, it's I'm going through the actual cycle and it's just very different. But um, but yeah, so I'm learning about that. It's changed my skin completely because I used to get I used to get I mean, I just like always had acne um, and I couldn't figure out why like hormonal acne and but it was not like just around my period. And then I got off that and I switched up the way I took care of my face. And yeah, it's just like shifted completely. Um, once I quit drinking, I noticed I was eating more sugar. And so the breakouts have been more, but I know it's because of the increased sugar intake, which I'm working on and I'm, I'm have started to let that go a little bit because it's not as intense of the need for that. Um, so yeah, so that's getting cleared up. But yeah, I learned so much about my skin with this um, episode with uh, Joelle and really just, you know, honoring and respecting her integrity, her sustainable practices, how she honors the indigenous culture of Hawaii. I mean, it's just she it's just absolutely beautiful. And I interviewed um Joelle again for the podcast that will be coming out this coming next year, um, twenty twenty three, on really, really diving into skincare and how we can take care of our skin. So that's really exciting. And then finally just ending with um Mick, Mickey channeling her message for me. She is a beautiful channeler. If you have not had a session with her and if you're interested, click the link below. It was absolutely phenomenal beautiful message and so accurate. And I just always am blown away when I have different readings with different healers. Um, and the message always seems to be the same or very, very close to it. So this was an absolutely beautiful message. And I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this episode. And again, next week is going to be the uh, tw- lessons from 2022. So get me your lessons, what you learned, so I can include them in the episode. Um, And then the following week, we will be having um, part two of this one. And then December 30th, if you are in the DFW area, reach out to me. We are having an event. It is kind of like a New Year's ceremony. So we're going to have breath work, a cacao ceremony, a little bit of yin yoga with some chakra clearing for human design. We're going to really set some goals and also identify our blocks. And you will have tangible tools to take home with you so that you can actually begin to reprogram on your own um, because self-sabotage is when our conscious mind and our subconscious mind doesn't align. And so we just don't believe that we can. And so we're kind of going to dig into that, send you home with some tools, beautiful ways to work through that. HD Attached is a is the one-on-one package, coaching package that combines human design and attachment theory. It's similar. I mean, we go through it all. It's beautiful. It really helps you identify your core wounds, identify your needs, help you express your needs, set boundaries, reprogram, rewire, 
all the things about a 12-week program if you're interested in that reach out and then of course just like a one-on-one human design session which is so much more than just human design it's going to have like everything um, that I kind of all the tools that I use you will go through your design and then just like any questions you have we're really going to touch on that and identify like maybe why you're being blocked in certain areas so those are all the ways you can work with me in 2023. This is um, getting to be a long introduction, but I appreciate you so much. Um, share with a friend if this episode resonates with you. It really, really, really helps get the episode out to more ears. Rate, review, subscribe, all of the things. I appreciate every single one of you. Thank you for listening, whether this is the first time you've listened or if you listened to all of them. And all of you listeners that have been with me for, you know, basically since the beginning, I appreciate you so much. I mean, so much love to you guys. I will leave it at that. I hope you enjoy the episode. I always love hearing from you. So if you get me on Instagram at Rochelle.Christian, TikTok at Rochelle.Christian, uh, website RochelleChristian.com, and then YouTube at uh, YouTube at Emotional Mastery Podcast. Um, if you are watching on YouTube this week, this is just going to be audio. There's going to be no video to it, but I appreciate you for listening. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you're a manifesting generator. Is your authority emotional or sacral? Sacral. Sacral. Okay. I, I'm i emotional, but like I get that. Yeah. It, <laughs> you like know in the moment, right? And I feel like that's, I don't know. It's so cool because like you can have that response, like kind of like going within you. I find like sometimes being emotional, I'm just like super impulsive because I'm just like, oh, it feels great now. Like, let's just do it, you know, and then kind of like coming back to myself. But for me, I know like tapping into that sacral is something I really need to to learn how to do more often because it's a piece of information to make the decision. But you like knowing that in the moment, has that been something that you are like, when did you learn human design? Just recently, really new? the last okay. year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you experimented with that sacral response or like kind of created more of a relationship with that? Or you've just always been in kind of in tune with that as, as intuitive? Um, I think a little bit. So I'm not, I haven't really had time to dive into it like I would like to, but I just, I know um, very basic knowledge of it. And so I'm, I honestly, I can't say for mm-hmm. sure because I, I haven't done the work, but that's something that I would like to get more into. Yeah. Um, but I just know that this has been key through this whole process. And I know that I'm on the right track and that this is not only something that I'm passionate about and have this experience about, but it it feels aligned. And that was my word for the year and it's totally hitting to be true. And I'm, I couldn't be happier. Yeah. Well, I think as long as you are, you know, you feel aligned, you're operating from an aligned space, like human design, it's all just language, right? Like it's just kind Mm -hmm. of a compliment to what you already know about yourself. Um, I had to take a step back for a while because it was like, I was becoming it or it was becoming me or however you want to phrase that. And so I was just like, I have to just like come back to myself and, and let everything else flow. Um, so like when you are coaching somebody or, or if you had any tips for somebody to get more in touch with their intuition, what would that be? Um, doing that inner deep work really, um, sometimes it can be painful to go backwards, but I feel like we're told a lot of times to look into the windshield cause it's bigger. And I'm a big believer in that. I feel like it's very important to, um, have our dreams and to move forward. However, I think in order to get unstuck and to really figure out and be in tune with who we are, we have to figure out where we came from. And a lot of times we don't take the time to do that. We don't even think that we need to go back as far as we really need to, to do that deep work. Um, And then once you are able to do that and come up out of that, you really figure out who you are. And then you are able to tap into 
exactly what you need to do, um, how you, all the answers come to you. Like I said, when you are able to heal from the inside, everything on the outside starts to fall into place and make sense. And when you recognize that within yourself and you're doing it for you, um, it makes huge transformations. Mm. Was there any specific tool that helped you with that? Um, just, I am such a self-help and self-improvement guru. And I've really started this year. Um, I've done it in the past, but not consistently like a morning routine and just writing things down when I have a thought about something or I'm feeling an emotion, I allow myself to feel it. Um, if I need to get it out and there's not somebody around to talk through it with, I write it down. Um, just doing those little things consistently, I feel has really helped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so powerful. Especially the, the emotions part. I think so many times we just like shut them down or we don't like fully feel them. Right. And then they just kind of like recycling, uh, they just kind of like recycle and keep coming back up. Um, that's been a huge lesson for me as, you know, emotional mastery podcast is like all things emotions, <laughs> but so what has speaking of that, so you are either undefined or open emotionally. Uh, do you know which one? I don't like this. Okay. I need so, to have a conversation with you outside of this yeah. so I can really dig <laughs> yeah. deep into my human design. <laughs> yeah. So like as, as somebody who is not defined emotionally, you are taking and amplifying the emotions of others. So what do you feel like your relationship has emotion to emotions has been? And like, how has that evolved as you've kind of like grown? Yeah. Um, like, I feel like anybody is, we especially moms, we put ourselves first all the time and we put our emotions aside. We always feel like in um, a place of hardship or pain that we have to be the strong ones and that we are not allowed to feel, or we just don't have time to feel. And so we just keep pushing it down and down and down until something, and it doesn't even have to be related to what has happened. It just is the straw that broke the camel's back and we explode and we can't figure out why, where it's coming from, what happened. But if we don't release that, um, if we aren't, we have to give ourselves that permission to feel. And again, I feel like it's just that conditioning and we're supposed to be the ones that are holding everybody together and not taking that time for ourselves. And when we do, we feel guilty for that. So for me, just knowing that over time, doing that self-work and reading it and hearing about it has just been ingrained in me. And I've recognized the importance of doing that. And that has helped me to, when I, I feel like I'm shutting down or that I'm pushing those emotions down, I stop myself and I say, no, that you, it's okay to feel whatever it is, you know, it's okay to cry in front of your kids. Mm -hmm. It's okay to show frustration or anger, however you're feeling, because we want that. We express that to our kids. Um, we want them to feel and to let us know how they're feeling. So why is it not okay for us? Yeah. I love that. My kids have definitely seen me cry (laughs) (laughs) on more than one occasion. I usually like, I'll try and like not do it around, but because they get like, I feel like they get a little, maybe my daughter more so she gets like upset with it, but then I try and just explain to them. I'm like, you know, these are it's just emotions. Like there's not always like a reason for it. Sometimes I'm just feeling a low. Sometimes I just need to cry to express myself. So I just want them to feel that, that it's okay to express themselves. Uh, that's, that's so powerful. How do you manage, you know, job, podcast, entrepreneurship, being a mother, all of the things? Um, I have always been this way. I've always felt like I can take on the world and sometimes it does get overwhelming, but a lot of that self-practice and self-care has helped me through that. When I I recognize that I just need to take a break, I allow myself to do that. Um, 
time management. I've always been very organized, which helps. Um, my husband stays home with the kids during the day, and I am blessed to have um, a job where I can work remote um, for now. So that's been really helpful. But I just I prioritize and I make sure that I make the time for the things that are important to me. And that even though I have so much going on in my professional space, I take time for that personal space as well. And I really take time to prioritize me. Um, you know, if I'm going to preach it, I'm going to practice it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you know what your sun, moon and rising are in astrology? Nope. No. Do you know what's no. your sun sign? Um, is that like, like your start? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sagittarius. Sagittarius. Okay. Interesting. I feel like you, like, I don't know. I always hear like these, the, like certain words always trigger things for me. I feel like you might have like some Virgo energy in there, but mm. I don't know. See, I need to have a session with you. <laughs> I need you to read me. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, what was my question? Totally left my mind. That's okay. While you think on that, I did uh -huh. want to mention um, when you were talking about emotions and your kids and allowing them to see you feel, um, I feel like that was a really good healing tool for my daughter and I, when we did have that breakup and she was going through all of that to see me as a human and to be able to come to me and ask me questions about it and to, you know, see me cry and have those conversations with her brought us closer. And I think it also affirmed that what she was feeling was okay too. Mm. And how old is she now? 15. 15. Okay. So up until, so when she was eight and you got divorced or separated, um, had you always had like kind of the open, honest relationship and as, and you know, as much as you could with her age, or was that something that was kind of created through that experience? I would say it was definitely created through that experience just because of her age. And she was always a little bit, um, behind with just that, um, maturing. And so it was very, gradual that the conversations that we have had, and we still are having conversations to this day because, um, I just felt like certain things needed to wait to be fully explained to her for her to really get it. Mm -hmm. And how do you at 15 or, you know, at any point in there, how do you go about, I don't know how to word my question. How do you go about like having, are they just like natural conversations that come? And I'm speaking because my daughter is 11 and now it's kind of like, she's starting to leave me alone, like closing the door. I don't want to talk about anything. And I feel like I've worked really hard to be like open and have this honest communication. Obviously there was a time period I was in a, an abusive relationship as well. And so during that time period, I feel like there was a lot of go to your room, go to your room because, you know, I didn't want her to see and experience some of the things that she knew what was going on. You know, I mean, she could hear she's, you know, she wasn't, she wasn't dumb, but, you know, trying to kind of like undo that now and come back and be like, you know, you are safe to be in, in here in this space with everybody. So I feel like she kind of goes to her room a lot. Um, mm -hmm. and it's, you know, a combination of just age things. So I guess my question is just like, how do you <laughs> in these like preteen years have these conversations that are meaningful and, and supportive, you know, and, and, and two months, uh, two months of microdosing. I honestly was really scared of it at first because, you know, mushrooms, which is what I'm microdosing. You can microdose LSD, MDMA, um, psilocybin, marijuana, right? Like there are different things that we can microdose. I'm specifically microdosing psilocybin mushrooms. And yeah, at first I was really kind of like afraid of it because um, when I was younger and experimenting, I never really touched mushrooms. It was kind of the thing that I just felt like my mind was way too active for a hallucinogenic. Um, and so I just, I, I stayed away from it. It wasn't really 
um, I wanted to, I was interested in it. It was always the thing that like, I think all my friends had done, but I hadn't. So it was just like this place of interest, but I just wasn't ready to do it. And so I had found, listened to a podcast, you know, like when things kind of come into your life, um, a lot and you kind of start paying attention to it. That's what mushrooms was for me. And so I had this conversation with Bijou um, and then I had her on the podcast because I just wanted to share her message and, and allow her to help others. I had heard so many people healing with m- mushrooms. Um, and then I got the book, How to Change Your Mind, which I will link um, in the show notes too. Um, and yeah, it just, it convinced me, right? It convinced me that this, this could really help me. So I was really nervous <laughs> to start taking it. I, the very first time I, I took it, I wanted to throw it up. I was like, I don't know. Um, I didn't want to like trip. I didn't know what I was going to feel. I didn't know any of that. And so it was kind of really scary. So, but when I, um, you know, I, I set my intention, I set my candle, I set my incense, um, I just, I really knew that I wanted to do this. I knew I was loved and supported and held by the universe. And I wanted to really like show that to myself and, and have this space and do this by myself rather than maybe a facilitated session. And so I kind of had a little bit of a panic attack at first. I, I ingested it and I was like, Oh my God, (laughs) can I get this out of me? Like what is going to happen? Um, I was home alone. So, you know, I didn't want to freak out by myself. Um, but I do, I knew, knew that I had support if I needed to call on somebody, if it got too intense, that that option was available for me. So I got in bed to do a meditation. Um, and you know, it was very gentle. It was very loving. It was very soft. I just felt so warm and held. And it wasn't like I, you know, I, I didn't even feel if anyone who's listening has smoked marijuana before, like I didn't even feel like I was high, like in comparison to that. It didn't even feel like I had had a glass of wine. It was just all I can explain is it was just this really gentle, soft, warm, loving feeling. I just felt really um, safe. I felt really calm. And so I did a meditation, just kind of like opening my mind and opening my heart. And yeah, I just, it felt really, really good. And so I'm very intentional when I, when I do microdose, my protocols, I do it every other day. Um, I did take about a week off at the end of, or mid, like somewhere in the middle of two months. So, you know, my mushrooms are non um, habit forming. They are not addictive. Um, but if you do take them like daily, you will create a tolerance to them. And so that's why it's recommended to either take it every other day or some, sometimes you can take it four days in a row and then take three days off. Um, maybe you take it, you know, having some space in between is really helpful and just like allowing the potency of it um, to, to hit you. But when I first started taking it, I know how I can get, um, you know, with, with whether it's alcohol or marijuana or whatever. Um, sometimes I do just chase that feeling of, of being high, but I didn't necessarily feel that here. I just like, uh, I kind of slowly upped the dosage that I was taking, not like extreme, right. Current, I'm currently taking 0.1. Um, and so that's really not a lot, right? Like in comparison, it's not like going to make you trip or anything like that. Um, again, it's really gentle. It's very, but it really does work in the background. And so when I do it, I do it every other day and I'll do a meditation. So sometimes I do a DI. Sometimes I just sit with myself. I cleanse my chakras, um, tap into the Akashic records. I just have that space. And I set that intention that with this 
you know, the time that I am, am, you know, the 30, 45 minutes, I want to actually heal. I want to work. I want to work on my healing because mushrooms, they are proving they actually help rewire your neural pathways, right? And this is how we heal. This is how we change. And whether it's through meditation, whether it's through journaling, um, you know, taking action in times when you maybe would have not taken action, right? These are the things that are changing our brain. And so this is just such a beautiful support to really help. Um, And so when I first started, let's say like within the first week, I had a lot of anger bubbling up, which kind of made me a little nervous because I just, I I don't have a great relationship with my anger. I think I've always been afraid of anger from other people. I've always felt um, responsible for other people's emotions. So I'm always trying to not make people angry, that people pleasing tendency in me, um, because I definitely have a fear of anger. And so um, I felt a lot of anger bubbling up, a, a lot of having to do with um, people or relationships in my life that I hadn't set boundaries with, um, things that I hadn't said, things that I kind of let slide, but like I was not actually okay with letting them slide. And a lot of this stuff came up that was forcing me to face it. And that's what I've noticed is just a lot of this stuff that I cannot ignore anymore. And like I said last week um, in the episode, you know, there was there was a situation that I got really angry around and I expressed myself. Um, I feel like, I don't know, I, I can't tell you what the perception was of my quote unquote, I'm air quoting here, um, expression of myself. For me, it was an expression because I don't usually ever say anything when I'm angry. I'll just be like, I'm fine. I'll deal with it later. Um, but I've noticed that even in little ways, like being, even just being able to say, I am angry right now, that is big, right? Because that is acknowledging, that is creating acceptance and awareness of that feeling of anger. Um, but I have noticed that because anger is the thing that I've always avoided, anger is the thing that I've always like not dealt with within myself, that is what's coming up a lot um, in little ways. And it's not, when it does come up, it's not overwhelming, it's not overpowering, it comes up and it's it's kind of like right there in my face and I know I can't ignore it. And so then I find a way to process it, whether it's like dancing or a workout or a journal or meditation. But I somehow, you know, and or if it's just expressing to somebody like, hey, I'm mad. Like, I'm so mad right now. Um, You know, you did this and it really, really rubbed me wrong. And we're like just gently saying it like at work, somebody did something that made me mad. And normally I would just like sit on it. And then I'd be like kind of like mad at them for the rest of the day. Um, And this person was like trying to talk to me. And I was just like, no, like I'm mad that, you know, I'm kind of really mad that you did this X, Y, Z. And it was fine, right? Like it was accepted and I got over it. And that's what I've noticed. Like now being able to face these emotions I cycle through them so much faster, right? I'm not holding on to it. Um, like a couple of weeks ago when I expressed anger to somebody, it was just like, honestly, almost immediately after I expressed it, yes, I still felt the emotions, right? I still felt sadness. I still felt like grief for like that relationship that was or wasn't or whatever, right? I still felt those things, but the actual anger, the intensity of the emotion, I was able to cycle through really quickly. Um, I've noticed I've had a lot more patience and compassion with others, right? Understanding that, you know, we're all here on this journey going through experiencing what we're experiencing. Um, and yeah, and having compassion with that and being able to kind of see others from this higher perspective. And I'm also able to see myself from this higher perspective, right? I'm able to kind of detach from my emotions. So like I am feeling them, but I'm also observing them, right? It's like, yes, I'm swimming in them, but I'm not like being swallowed by them. I'll say that. I'm like, it's like, I'm kind of like hopping in and out of them and I'm able to observe them from a different space, right? Like when I'm feeling sadness, instead of just being swallowed by the sadness and, and consumed by the sadness and not being able to pull myself out from the sadness, 
yes, I'm feeling it. I'm having those moments where I feel it in my chest. I feel the heaviness. I feel the sadness. I feel the pain. And and sometimes I cry, right? But then I'm also able to observe it and just be like, this is why I'm feeling this way. So what can I do to like not? And just being able to take that mindset of just like, you know, everything is happening for me. Like this is showing me something. And whether, you know, say if it's a relationship or a situation, like that's not right now, right? Like being able to be just being able to know like hey if this situation is meant for me whether it is today whether it is 2 years whether it is in 10 years right like it will be for me um and with that compassion being you know like understanding that maybe others aren't where they need to be others are working through um and it's kind of also a humbling thing too or sometimes um if i'm in an emotion um i'll just have like my higher self just be like Rochelle it's not always all about you right like sometimes we are playing a part in somebody else's life, right? And so, yes, we are learning a lesson too, but maybe that lesson is actually more for the other person. So kind of being able to take a step back and see that. Um, And it's just, you know, it's allowed me to really connect and tap in in a greater way with source. And I read in um, Autobiography of a Yogi when he was talking about um, psychedelics and, you know, he was saying it kind of, it, it, it brings you to like the window, right? Like you can see the other side. It's, you're not necessarily going to step out and be on that in the other side, but it allows you to see it, right? As opposed to like without it, you might not be able to see it. It might take years and years and years of work, of meditation, of journaling, of all these other modalities to kind of get you there as opposed to, you know, maybe taking psychedelics and it kind of shows it to you um, a lot faster, Um and so you're just kind of able- the synthesis of astrology, the Kabbalah tree of life, the Chinese I Ching, quantum mechanics, and I'm forgetting one, Kabbalah, Chinese I Ching, astrology on the chakra system. <laughs> so you will pull this entire chart and it's really just you. And so the main points in human design are your type, strategy, and authority. If you listen to any human design um, coach, reader, lover, that you're going to hear about this type strategy and authority. I'm not going to go too, too much into all of those things, but essentially like human design is really deep. It's really complex. It's really nuanced and you can really dive really deep into human design. Um, I will link all of the prior human design episodes down in the show notes so you can go check those out. But really when you are learning human design, the main focus you're going to hear in the beginning is this type strategy and authority. And it can be really frustrating, right? You find this design, you find all of these things out about yourself, you kind of have this little awakening, and then you're just told to follow your strategy and authority. And you're like, okay, seriously, <laughs> like I want more than that. And we all want to like truly know ourselves, right? I know that's how I ended up down this human design spiral is that I was able to see myself, which then allowed me to accept myself. And then I wanted to know everything about myself, right? And it became this like, it was almost like the human design chart, right? Like my design was was defining me. And so I ended up taking a step back. I, gosh, I was reading everything I could dive into. I was talking to people and I still see it all the time. Like when I'm talking to somebody, I'm like, oh, you must be a projector. When somebody's like, oh my gosh, I, I always go home and I nap. I'm like, yeah, you don't have a defined sacral, right? Like it is so ingrained and it's such a part of my life, but I really had to take a step back from my personal life, from allowing it to define me and really stand in my truth and find out what that meant for me, right? And just be so sure of myself and like my knowing and coming back to myself that anything I learned about human design was just a compliment to who I was. 
And so in this episode, I want to specifically talk about emotional authority because emotions, if you notice the title of this podcast, which is all about emotions, emotions have been my biggest struggle in my life. I was not shown a healthy way of dealing with them. I was not given tools to deal with them. So I shut them down for a long time, which then ended me ending up in toxic and abusive relationships and situations because I then played the victim. But I am an empath and a highly sensitive. And I didn't know what any of that meant, right? I just knew that when I felt things, people would get mad. Or if I expressed those things that I was told I was wrong. And so I just I tried my hardest to shut them down for so long. And it didn't work. Of course, it didn't work. But when I opened up that floodgate, of allowing myself when I was finally safe in my surroundings to be emotional, I had no tools to regulate them, right? I had no tools to understand them and process them. And so then they became this thing that just like completely took over every part of my being. I was drowning in them. I couldn't figure out what way was up. Everything made me emotional. Everything made me cry. And I had no understanding of why, right? I had no tools to process it. I had no just I had no understanding. So it was kind of like the opposite of not feeling anything or not allowing my emotions to be expressed where it was like I was oversharing. I was overexpressing. I was still kind of playing the victim in a sense because I was like, well, I'm feeling all of those things and I'm trying to understand all these things and I'm going to tell you about all these things because you're safe to me and da, da, da. And so it was like the opposite end of the spectrum. And so then I spent years, the last like five years, really getting these tools to be safe within my own body, to be safe within my own mind. And to really regulate my emotions that when they come up now, I can process through them. I can come back to my knowing. And then then if it's safe to express those to somebody or if there's something I want to share with somebody, then I can do it in a healthy way. Do I always win or do I always get it right? No, right? Like you can guarantee there are times when I'm in a trigger and I'm just crying or find myself falling into that victim mindset or blaming somebody or wanting to overshare, especially with people that feel safe. But I have the awareness and the self-acceptance right at this point that I can catch myself when that's happening and maybe take a pause and a step back. Or even in the middle of a conversation, when I catch myself doing it, be like, oh, like, do you have space for this right now? Or should we revisit this at another time when I've kind of gone through my process and maybe you're in a place where you're better equipped to handle when I'm like dumping on you, right? And so it's all this, it's all um, experimentation. It's all about self-regulation. It's all about getting to know yourself. Like I think that is the biggest thing. And that is why human design is such a beautiful and amazing tool and really helping you understand and get to know yourself. Because I think like so often what happens, especially when you are an emotional being and you're an empath or highly sensitive, whatever label that you want to put on it, you're just a highly feeling being. And a lot of times we are taught to abandon ourselves in our childhood, right? In our young adulthood, because it's not safe to feel or express in that way. Um, And so then coming back to that and learning that, first of all, all my emotions are right. I got an email um, like a week ago that really triggered me. And I kept it to myself, but I was feeling it. And then I decided to talk to a few people about it. I knew on an awareness level, I knew that by talking about it, I was going to make the thing bigger, right? Because energy goes where our attention, energy flows where our attention goes. And so I knew that by talking to people about it, I was making the situation bigger and I wasn't looking for validation. And even I even made that clear. I said, I know that I'm entitled to feel that way that I am over this. But there was a small part of me in the back of my mind 
that wanted to feel validated in me being triggered by that email, right? Like I, I think I wanted to explain that to somebody and just be seen and heard, right? Not to be told that I was right or wrong. I just wanted that the space to be held um, in a safe way. And so, but again, that that has taken a long time uh, because my old pattern would be that I would get triggered and then I would tell myself I'm being overly dramatic or I'm being silly or what I'm feeling is ridiculous or that I'm misinterpreting it. And I've really just come to understand like, no, like my body, my body is telling me something, right? So whether it is quote unquote justified or whether I'm quote unquote being overly dramatic, I'm still justified. Like there's a reason my body reacted the way that it did. So what is emotional authority? <laughs> Let's backtrack a little bit. So in your human design, again, you have type strategy and authority. So type is going to be your energy type, right? It's, it is your energy, how it interacts with the world. So you can be a generator type, which is either generator or a manifesting generator. Um, they both have defined sacral, which means they just have, they're tapped into life force, workforce energy. You have a consistent access to this. You can kind of go, go, go. Uh, you may not need naps. You just like are always like on. Uh, it's kind of like being plugged into the wall, right? Like you still need rest and you still need to recharge, but like you have this constant source of energy. Then you have projectors, um, which do not have that defined sacral. So projectors, um, yeah, they don't have the defined sacral. They may need to nap a little bit more. Um, they have to wait for the invitation, which is their type. Um, then you have manifestors. Manifestors are basically here to to manifest, right? Like they're here to take action. They're here to initiate. Um, and their their strategy is to inform. So it's important for them to inform those around them. And then you have reflectors. Reflectors are completely open. So which just means they are a complete sponge to all of the energy around them, right? They're literally here to taste the world. They're here to reflect their environment back. So they're so important. They're about 1% of the population. And so um, you have type, or yeah, type, that's the type. The strategy, again, generators is to respond, to wait to respond. Manifestors is to inform and then initiate. Projectors is to wait for an invitation. Um, and then reflectors are to wait for lunar cycle, which just gives them an opportunity to go through the all of the types all the strategies, all the authorities throughout that lunar cycle so that they can actually taste what works for them and what doesn't, what their truth is, right? So, and then you have your authority, which is basically the way that you make decisions, which is the way that your body lets you know if something is for you or not. And what the thing I love about human design and why I've been so human design obsessed is because the biggest key lesson, at least for me personally, that I've gotten out of human design is understanding energetics, right? Understanding that, yes, the mind is a beautiful thing, right? And it's here to take in information. It's here to process things in a sense. It's here to like store all of that. And it's, it's intellectual and it's beautiful in that way, but it's not here to make decisions. It is not here to make decisions. So it can take, you can take the information you get in your mind and use it as information for your body to properly respond. But your mind is your ego and your mind is always going to question something. So you can make a decision in your mind. Like if you, if you, if you're trying to choose a job, right? Say you have two options. You don't know what you're going to do. Human design tells us to maybe take the information, you know, right from, from our minds, like the pay, the, this, the, that, and the other thing, the, the, the hours, the benefits, all those things, whatever. But what's really ultimately going to make the decision is your body. You can pick mentally. Okay. On a mental level, I have one job that's paying me $20,000 a year more than the other one has excellent benefits. The other one has no benefits. The other one is $20,000 less. The other one is 20 more miles away. 
but my body may light up by that job as opposed to the job with the higher pay and the higher benefits. And should I take the job with the higher pay and the higher benefits? I'm not going to be in it, right? Like my body's not going to be in the spiritual world. I guess we are like, damn, after the rubble, like kind of sifted, you know, I, I was left with like, okay, I have to just rely on myself for my own spiritual connection. Mm. I can't rely on these communities. I can't look outwards. I it's time for me to start looking inwards. And so I start went back to just a good old fashioned meditation practice. Ideally 10 minutes a day minimum, um, more if I can. And that with moon ceremonies on my own has just been really healing and profound. Yeah. Meditation. Yeah. Meditation is so powerful. I do try to do like 10 minutes, in, but you know what? Like in the beginning, I was like, I need to do like 45 minutes and I'm like 15 minutes in and I'm like, am I done yet? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it gets to be so intense. So yeah, I don't think that we need to like, I think we always, you know, we think that we have to do like these crazy intense, but like it's even five minutes, right? Like starting where yeah. you're at. Um, but like something that came up, like as you were talking, so like when I originally started going to church, I chose a non-denominational church because I was like, Mm -hmm. I grew up Roman Catholic. I always felt a lot of shame in the Mm. church setting. And one thing that like the pastor had said, like during this was like, they were up there and they're like, you know, we're here telling you our interpretation of the Bible, right? Like we're telling you what comes to us, what messages we we receive. They're like, but we, we would urge you go home and read it. This is why we talk about Mm -hmm. like, you know, reading it. And they're like, go read it because what you perceive from the text is your truth. And I was like, mm. wow, I've never in a church experience had a pastor or a priest or anybody urge me to make my own connection with the Bible. Love and I think that. like that was like so powerful for me. Like I didn't continue to go to the church because I mean, for you know, certain reasons because I just I chose to come to myself within that. I think that empowered mm. me to understand that I can have my own connection. And I and although yeah. the church space, there's an energy there that is beautiful, it wasn't necessarily for me. There are certain mm. things that I have different perspectives on that became mm-hmm. apparent like the more I went. But I thought that was really cool. Like I had never been in in any sort of religious, you know, building that empowered me in that way. So mm-hmm. that was really cool. Mm-hmm. But I love that. I wanted to go back to moon ceremonies for you. Mm-hmm. So, like, what does mm-hmm. that look like? What is what is a? Do you do it new moon and full moon? Yes, and I actually I host them as part of my membership for Lit AF listeners. It's called Magnetic AF. Um, so for these moon ceremonies, what I do is a yoga nidra based on. And I actually left a huge part out of my story, which is tarot, but I'll touch on that. So um, I, I do a yoga nidra based on the what's going on in the stars, the astrology signs, and then also tarot cards as well. Um, and then I'll put together journal prompts and then uh, some sort of embodiment exercise. So sometimes that means like a dance party where <laughs> I get to curate a playlist, which is so fun, um, or like a shaking exercise or um, sometimes it's like a hypnotic meditation. It's different based on like whatever new moon we're going through, whatever like, you know, celestial events are happening. Um, so it's super fun. I fucking love it. That So that's what I do for my moon ceremonies. And then this tarot component is like, that is how spirit speaks to me. Like I started doing tarot. I was, um, for my one year anniversary of the podcast, I hosted a wellness fest and one of the workshops was on reading tarot. And so my really good friend hosted it. Her name's Natalie Lobo. She's a sound healer. She's amazing. And she just did this like hour long, easy peasy breezy, like tarot sesh. And it just Mm -hmm. kind of lit a spark in me to explore that a little bit more. 
And I started, you know, kind of combining like a bit of an Akashic prayer, like just saying like, you know, beloved beings that hold love for all of human creation, spirit guides, whoever I want to be talking to. Sometimes I get to talk to famous people. Sometimes it's like who are usually, you know, dead, like Carl Jung, Mm -hmm. Albert Einstein, like give me some answers, guys. Like I want to know. But it can be like ancestors, that kind of thing. Like I will invoke them into my session. And I've also really created a very strong dialogue with my spirit baby um, because I experienced a miscarriage a year ago. And oh my God, these card sessions are like, it's crazy. The cards have never lied to me. Um, when I started doing it, I asked the cards, I would just ask them about like podcast interviews that were coming up and every single, it was weird. Like this isn't actually how I use tarot now, but it, it would tell me like what would be happening in the interview that it would be, that I would be processing. And so I pulled some for an interview <laughs> and I got the five of pentacles and I was like, Oh, like that's kind of a rough card. Like I wonder what's going to mm-hmm. happen. And then the guest rescheduled and I was like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I think this card was for the guests. Like now I kind of was ready for it versus, you know, sometimes I get really flustered when a guest cancels or reschedules. So the cards have just given me this amazing support that I've been asking for, <laughs> but couldn't find in any other mm-hmm. way. And now I turn to them for everything. If I'm having a rough day or I'm questioning, you know, tough meeting. Um, if I have some questions for my spirit guide and like, actually the the conversations that I have with my spirit guide, are, I have found to be the most healing. Mm-hmm. Did you, did you like, um, formally learn tarot or you're just very intuitive with it? And like when you pull a card, you just, okay. Both. So when I took the workshop for my friend, I was kind of like, okay, I would lay out the cards in order for hours for nights and I would just stare at them. Hmm. Just be like, okay, what is this story here? What is this suit about? What is this arcana about? Like, what is the transformation? And then I found um, Lindsay Mack, who's the mm-hmm. host of the podcast Tarot for the Wild Soul. I believe that's a podcast mm-hmm. name. That might yeah. be her course name. Um, but I signed up for her course after, of course, binging all of her podcast episodes. <laughs> and then I ended up having her on the show. She's amazing. Um, but the, her course is like, I'll give you my interpretation, but I am really encouraging you to come up with your own. Mm-hmm. So the weird thing about, um, her interpretation is like, I would look at the card, journal about it, think about it, what it meant to me. And then I would listen to her definition of it. And every single time our definitions matched, mm-hmm. I was just like, this is crazy. Like I very, like s- very hard connection with that. With that teacher. It was so cool. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So I did this like intense studying on my own of just looking at the pictures and then also took her course, which is phenomenal. Highly recommend. I think mm-hmm. the course is called Rewilding the Tarot. Okay. Yeah. I I found too, like I think when you get a deck intuitively, it's mm-hmm. easier to read, right? Like I bought like the traditional decks in the beginning, and then I would just mm-hmm. kind of like be guided towards certain decks. And there's one that is so beautiful. I can't remember what it's called. Um, I have it over there, but it was just like, for me, the imagery was so easy to interpret. What um, is, so like, that, what's the theme of the deck? It is, it's, it's like a, it's all women. Um, mm-hmm. oh gosh, I, I could grab it, but it's one second. Let me grab it real quick. Yeah. Grab it. I want to see it. <laughs> you know, I want to know it. <laughs> yeah. It is modern witch tarot deck. 
<gasps> yes. Yeah. I, I, I just thought it. it was so beautiful. Yeah. And like, just like I said, the imagery was so much easier to read and made so much sense to me. But mm-hmm. I, I spent a lot of time trying to like formally learn it. Um, but then I felt like, I don't know, time is always a thing for me because like, you know, job, kids, and then I work at night and then gosh. So then I felt like I was spending so much time in my evenings trying to like decipher them. Um, Mm. so I like pull them every now and again, but I, I, you're reminding me to like get back to it because I I do try and do them like during like new or full moon, at least like pull one. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I love, it was, it definitely called to me and it's something that hasn't been in my practice much lately, but I definitely lean on that Mm. at certain times. Yeah, I love that. And I I mean, my practice ebbs and flows. Like, kind of took two months off of the tarot recently, and now I'm just, like, coming back to it. Like, literally le- laid out all the cards again to stare at them. I'm like, okay, cool. We're back in this cycle. I <laughs> yeah. I like that, though, just, like, laying all of them out to see and then just kind of, like, piecing them together like that. That's yeah. really I, – I think I'm going to try that. I love that because it's, yeah. like – like we're all so different and like your interpretation, I want to hear your interpretation because mm-hmm. it's based on your experiences and your tools and your teachers that have yeah. gotten you to this very moment. And so yeah. that's cool for me of just having that freedom when you're reading to be like, this is what I'm seeing now, you know? Yeah. And well, and like you – different. It is. And like you said, like if I'm asking the deck a question from my guides for me, it doesn't even have to be like by the book answer, right? Like you, it's it's intuiting like what it's tapping mm-hmm. into spirit and being able to say like, okay, this is what you're telling me and receiving that message. Mm-hmm. My daughter got her first deck recently and um, she had somebody was like, oh, that's demonic or whatever. And she came home like feeling all insecure about it. And I was like, listen, like mm-hmm. if that is your connection to, to source, God, spirit, whatever you want to call it. I was like, if, if you feel like this is, if you're called to it and it's, and that's how helping you receive messages and like guiding you don't let somebody else like make you feel shame for it you know but so we'll see Mm. but yeah it was interesting so I would love to talk about the six three life too because um as a six three we're not uh it's a rare rare profile to have in human design so I'm always just like Mm -hmm. makes me so happy when I meet someone else I think I've met two maybe three um Three six three. So I would just love like what like learning what that meant. How did that impact you, or like what has your life been like? Because for anyone who listen is listening that maybe doesn't know what the six three profile is in human design, it's basically like your personality, your sun earth um, line qualities in human design, and six three is basically just like trial and error. For Mm -hmm. thirty years, we're three threes, which is complete chaos, complete trial and error. Um, and I, I know what the experience has been for me, but I would love to hear your experience. Oh my God. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) it's just chaos. Where to start, right? Chaos. (laughs) Something about what you just said, and this is not normally where I start, but like when I was in my twenties, I was like, oh, I know that I am meant to live in Europe. And that is like, that's my future. Like that's who I am. Mm-hmm. So I studied abroad in Amsterdam and it was the loneliest, most depressing mm-hmm. year of my life. And I am a very outgoing, bubbly, loud personality, like very proud of that. And they just like didn't know what to do with me. Like I made very <laughs> few friends, which is very oh. abnormal for me. It's a problem. We We want to make sure that you know, how can we do this in a way that really preserves the island and yet allows that magic that's here to be shared? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. With everyone. 
Yeah. I think COVID, I mean, if, you know, there was a beautiful part of it, the lockdown was that I think it just kind of let earth breathe a little bit and it allowed us to really see what we're doing to it. You know, even, even here in in Dallas, Texas, we would just, you know, just to get out of the house, like go out and walk. And even my kids would just start picking up trash. It's, it's, it was almost like, because it was so quiet and you were connected in a way that maybe you just never paid attention before that they actually noticed the trash, right? Cause usually we're just so busy so it's just yeah. like little things like that. Then we started going for walks with trash bags, you know, just, you know, mm. so it was kind of, yeah, to be able to see the harm we were actually doing. And I don't even know if it was an intentional, I just think because things got so quiet and yeah, mother nature just started healing a little bit and people noticed it. So it was I a mean, big pause. It was a big pause. And, and, and it was, you know, I know there was a lot of hardship and suffering mm-hmm. because of it, but there was also just at least here, an amazing, an amazing sigh of relief. Yeah. I would say. And I think there's yeah. duality in everything, right? I mean, absolutely. So yes, for sure. For yeah. Sure. So you yeah. moved there for high school, you said? Yeah. I grew up here. I went to high school here and oh, left. you did grow up there. To, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I left when I was 17 or 18. Okay. And then didn't come back for many years. I, um, I don't know. I just went to Europe. That, that's another whole story. Mm-hmm. I, I Are you originally from Europe? No, 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 no. I married a Frenchman. Okay. <laughs> Had four children, came back here um, okay. when they were grown up. But yeah, okay. it's just a, it's just a long winding circle. Mm-hmm. And as for my sign, <laughs> you did ask that question. Yeah. So I am a Capricorn. Okay. A Taurus rising. So very earthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a surprised. Taurus sun. So I definitely connect with that. Yeah. <laughs> No surprises there. And uh, Rahu and Ketu um, in the 12th and 1st house, which is interesting Mm -hmm. in in, uh, Vedic astrology, uh, it's the contemplative house on one side. So that I guess, you know, there's, I do spend a lot of time in, um, I'm a regular yoga practitioner. I have Mm -hmm. quite a um, longstanding yoga practice and uh, now doing more and more pranayama and meditation. So this is a good place for that. Yeah. I just <laughs> recently, I've always been fascinated with Ayurveda. I studied gut health. And so I think just the whole connection, I think Ayurveda is, you know, very centered around gut health. Um, and so I just started within the last month get, becoming, uh, studying to become an Ayurvedic practitioner. So I think, you know, I think it's beautiful. I've spoken to a lot of people and, you know, you included where it's like you grow up with the nature, right? If you grow up on an island like Maui and there's such a deep connection with nature, um, I just think it's it's very it's very healing and it's it becomes like like a part of you, you know? And I think that's so many, so many of us are just so disconnected with it, you know, and, you know, we can use food to heal us and we can use, you know, we can use the island and the plants to, you know, on our skin and we don't um yeah, I think, you know, when especially when it comes to skincare, we're always chasing the things that going to make us look younger. And you had said in the beginning about, you know, I think there is this beautiful thing with aging that we just don't allow, right? It's, we become stressed over it and, but it's a part of life, you know, it's, it's, it's supporting us in that process. And I think my, my mindset is very shifted into just like being the best version, right? Like being the healthiest version in whatever way that looks, you know, I just, I want to feel good in every way. And so that's why I'm like constantly now like trying to find, you know, new products, cleaner products and just really making it simple instead of simple. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, like before I have, like, I had like six 
face products that I would have to put on in a specific order. And, you know, and it was like all for just to, you know, like take away the lines that show that I've lived, you know, that I've yeah. smiled and laughed and had a, you well, know. not only that, it doesn't even do that. It just usually, yeah. um, you know, what I find is, so that was another one, you know, I've, I have developed these skincare philosophies that I do try to, um, you know, teach people about or the way that I do things. And that is that your skin, you know, you, you have, there's, there's a, there's a whole world there. (laughs) There's a microbiome in your skin. Mm -hmm. Um, Your skin is actually alive and you will know, I mean, we all know that when your skin is upset, something else is going on always. Um, It always, you know, reflects something and it's not, you know, that's not to say it's a bad thing, but you know, what yoga teaches you is all pain is a teacher, all misfortune is a teacher. Like it's all teaching you something. So it's telling you something and you have to listen to that. So trying to block it out or make it go away never really works very well. It might work for a while, but it's never going to work definitively. Whereas if you nurture things and you, and you can understand how they work in their subtle sense and it's the subtlety and that's, I think, what Ayurveda teaches you. And I do use Ayurveda, you know, I use those ancient wisdoms. I use the Hawaiian herbal wisdom. I use Ayurveda. I mean, I don't say it when I do it, but it's because it's so much second nature to, you know, because I've studied the herbalists in Europe. I've studied Ayurveda. I understand how, you know, that works, how that science works in a very subtle way. And you know, those principles, the yogic principles, which is such an ancient, ancient, ancient wisdom, I just find that every other, uh, you know, it's just reflected in everything, you know, that you, there's so much of what they say in yogic practice that's reflected in the Hawaiian culture and their practice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, their gods, you know, you can almost draw parallels between their gods. So these energies, these earth energies, which is what the gods represent, they are really present. And, you know, in this, going back to science, when, you know, I found out there's a biological footprint to every single organic product, which if you think about is mind boggling. Um, And then you start looking at things like quantum physics and by, you know, bio biometrics, then you realize that, you know, it's all energy. It's Mm -hmm. all about consciousness. It's all about perception and, you know, really digging into that. And of course, I'm like everyone else, I forget about it sometimes, but just coming back to it, coming back to it, trying to understand who we really are, and what we're really here to do. And, you know, I hope my company is successful, because I, I first of all, I want to share what I've learned. Um, I actually, you know, there are days I don't like aging, but there are many days when I think, gosh, I've learned so much and there's so much more to learn, but I, I know these things, you know, there's that, there's that anti-Virginia wisdom that comes from being older and, you know, letting go of a lot of other things that don't serve you, that you don't need and really concentrating on a few essential things. And this, this thing, I really want to grow the company so that I can have a thriving company to leave behind to someone who will take it on or, or, you know, allow people to live here the way they want, doing something they love and not working, you know, on a cruise ship or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's, if I can do that, then that's enough. Mm-hmm. And how do you, you know, as your company grows, how do you stay grounded and stay so firm in your mission? Like, is that, is that even an, an issue or is it just like you see your goal, you see your vision, you know, you know, the values of your company is, you know, 
just keep going back to my practice um, and try, you know, that, you know, the Buddhists say that middle road, you know, just trying to stay grounded and staying there. And, and, you know, a lot of it is forgiving yourself. You know, you see yourself go off the rails. I just spent Christmas with my family with COVID. It was crazy. I watched myself go nuts and become a person that I don't like at all. But in the end, it's like, okay, there you are. There you are doing it. But realizing that you're doing it, realizing that's not who you are, no matter how wrapped up you get in those emotions that are such powerful, you know, components in our lives, feeling them, but but realizing here I am, I'm a being, I'm feeling emotions. And then if they take a hold of you and you go, you go, and then you forgive yourself mm-hmm. because we're all in the same boat. <laughs> yeah. We're all in the same boat. We're human beings. And, you know, and the practice for me, my, my yoga practice is just a tremendous um, tool. It's a very practical science. There's mm-hmm. nothing it is, it is very practical. It's very grounded. It's very simple. Um, they try to make it complicated, but it's really just very practical. And um, I'm, I just feel very fortunate for my teachers who um, have studied with Iyengar, and so it's an Iyengar practice, but then I also practice Kundalini Yoga, so the ancient um, practices that come from that tradition um they're just beautiful practices and that you know they're what i found they're just two simple tools that i use and i come back to all the time and when i feel out of sorts i can come back to that and not getting you know it's so there's always stuff there's always challenges always there's always stuff happening Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you know i did a fair right before Christmas and it kept getting canceled and then it was on again and then it was off again. And then when we did it, my whole tent blew away and there I was with just a small table <laughs> and, and I had the best show I ever had. Yeah. So, you know, you just have to kind of laugh and go with it, especially yeah. now. I mean, we, it's so obvious that, that to anybody who has any sense of subtle, the subtle world that we're going through a huge time of transformation Mm-hmm. Um, it's uncharted territory. Everything we thought we knew, we don't know. Um, being very, you know, having some humility. Um, mm-hmm. That's beautiful. So I'm, <laughs> I'm on the other side of this. Like, I hope this resonates because sometimes yeah. you get so specific. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It so, does. Like the whole like that, the healing thing, I think that's something I've come to realize in the last like few weeks. Um, I was like, I've been trying to do this all alone and I can't, you know, like I do need support in healing this. Like I need others to kind of not to like, tell me that I'm right or validate me, but just like, there are things that I can't see within myself that somebody else can like gently get to. So just in like the healing and the pain and the darkness and stuff, it's, I started seeing like every Sunday. Now I go to these like energy healers, I guess is my best like body, but they do body work, energy healing. Um, that's what I was picturing. It was like or like someone that's like physically, Mm -hmm. Uh, removing that energy from spaces in your body. Yeah. But like I didn't you, want to put anything in your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. they do. They do body work. So they do like massages or like yesterday, they just, um, they, I don't know, moved around some energy in my stomach, like my diaphragm. And then, Whoa. 
but there's like points to it where, um, last week they had me visualize like where my tightness was and it was in my chest and they were like, okay, go in there and see what's there. And I just saw this like locked door. And so they want to explore that. And there is an element of fear. Cause I'm just like, gosh, if I open that, like, yeah, what darkness, what like scary stuff is going to come out? Like, and can I handle it? You know? So that, that really resonates. Um, okay. I think like with the taste and thirst thing, like I'm just, I'm, I feel that. And just like, I'm a Taurus sun, Leo moon and Leo rising. So I'm like all about like, you know, like the, I'd love to like go out and eat and just like, yeah, I like taste life. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I have yeah. such like sensory experiences with just like everything. Okay. Like I saw a video of like leaves and, and smells. And it's like, I'm, I'm so like transported into that. Cause like, I just feel it deeply. Okay. Um, okay. so like that, that's kind of what that like brought up to me. And then like, I also had like, I heard like a human design, you know, cause like there's the cognition, like taste and, and smell and, and senses yeah. and stuff like that. Your senses are really powerful. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt. I'm like, they kept yeah. being so specific with the taste and the thirst. And I was <laughs> like, like actual food or like for life. Like I was like trying to, yeah. they're like, and they, they brought me back to food, like to diet. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure how, what that does for you in following your joy, but it, yeah. it obviously is an important part of it. Yeah. Well, I think when I'm eating right, I feel right. And I'm able to like clear my body and like tap in easier. And it's, it's funny because I feel like I've done so much work to like still my mind and I'm always like seeking, right. Like I'm always like, but I don't, I don't tap in or I don't like get messages and this and that. And like, I know I do. And I feel like I've cleared a lot of that out lately, but even in the last week, it's been, it has been very noisy in my head and I haven't meditated in the way that like, I know that I need to be. Um, gotcha. so they could just be like, get back on track because we're here. Cause the week before that, when I started doing the Kashuk records, like I felt like I was like actually yeah. getting messages and I was tuning into myself and I was listening to myself. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. The way, the way they made me feel, it wasn't just kind of like a one-time thing. It wasn't just meditation. It was like, this is a practice that you can use all the time. Mm-hmm. Like the listening, it's like not just tuning into yourself, but like when others are speaking, like it's source speaking to you through them mm-hmm. in one way or another. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's not just that you've quote unquote gotten off track. It's more yeah. like, this is a practice that you can use all the time and not to, not that we're all present all the time. Like that's not a thing, but like, you know, I think it was in times of conflict or challenge or like at work or whatever it is, like listening for the deeper messages in how things affect you or trigger you. Like that's kind of, that's how it felt to me. Like it wasn't just like, Oh, only listen for 10 minutes a day. And then like, it's like, no, no, like you need to like all encompassing. Yeah. Yeah. That that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Definitely. Trying to see if there's anything else in here. Well, then the community piece, like, so in, yeah. And astrology, my Chiron is in my, like the house of community in the collective. And so like, I've always, yeah. So I'm always like, I crave it so much. And like, just within my business, trying to create a community space, I felt a lot of like resistance and friction and I revisit it so many times. Um, but I think like there's an element of like forcing it that I think that's kind of what I took from what you said. Right. It's like, once I do this healing and everything, it's just going to be like ease at the end of it. Right. It's going to just like naturally be what it's supposed to be. That's how it felt. Um, like you mm-hmm. were just going to speak about your healing and whatever you've done. Cause I, I don't know your trauma or what you've been through in your life, mm-hmm. but whatever it is that you're doing, it sounds like you're, you've already started doing it. So I think mm-hmm. that's just affirmation to keep doing it. Yeah. Um, what you're doing in, in your healing, it's like the, um, the ownership that you've taken and the uh, commitment that you've made to your healing and learning those lessons and helping others with them. 
that's like your community is just, that's how it felt. Like, it's like, they're just going to show up. They're going to be like, Oh my God, thank God you're here. Like, it's just like, (laughs) they've been waiting for you. Right. Like they've been waiting for you to do this work so that you can, it made me feel like you're going to be able to explain things in a way that's new that people Mm -hmm. haven't heard in, um, in an experience of healing before. So that's really, really special. And that's why your community is going to be so big Mm. because they're going to feel it. You're just going to say things in a way that's really going to click with people. And the only way to do that is to go through the the fire. That's so interesting. I was having a conversation with someone last night and they literally asked me, they're like, how do you explain things that make so much sense? They're like, what do you do? Like, have you like practiced it? (laughs) I was like, I just, I don't know. I try, I just try and really like believe that what I say is going to land with the right people, you know? And that's been a practice because I used to be such a people pleaser and I used to overthink it. And I would be like, oh my gosh, like I have to over explain it so that they really understand what I'm feeling. And then I'm just like in this practice of just like, like before I get on like podcast calls or anything, I'm just, I sit in meditation for like three minutes, but I'm just like, whatever is meant to come through, let it come through for the right people and just use me as a channel to like send that message. And then yes, that's kind of like, and I've just felt it's flowed so much easier since I started doing that. Wow. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. So even with like ours, when I was like, so unorganized <laughs> last week, I still perfect. like had a couple of breaths beforehand. Right. And I was just like, yeah. whatever is meant to come through tonight, come through. That's so. so perfect. I love that so much. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any questions with any of it? Hang on. I can share it again if that's helpful, but like, is there anything you need elaboration on? Let's see. I mean, of course. And I'm sure the answer is just going to be that I already know <laughs> okay. I feel like that's all, but just like, I guess like, let me see. I know it was about like the healing and the pain and the darkness. I think like for that, it's like, and I know right at the end, it says, um, yeah, like book it, take time to heal. So I feel like that was like my message too. It's like all these things that I feel like I'm holding off on just like do it. Cause it's like the key. Um, yes. Yeah. If anything, it's just like that. It's like, how do I, is there any specific tool that they want me to have to, you know, other than, you know, being open throughout the day and listening to what people are saying, things like that, but just like, whether it's meditation or some sort of like breath work or, you know? Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you're already doing it on Sundays. It felt like that body healing. Um, but when I wrote, when I felt book it, cause I was curious, I was like, I don't know what book it means. Like where, <laughs> what is, you know, book what, um, but yeah, like, like you're right. It is that instinctual thing. So, um, I don't know. I just took it as like, you were like, you can't do it alone. Like you're going to be led and guided to the teachers and the courses and the, I don't know, YouTube videos, whatever that Mm -hmm. you need to help Mm -hmm. heal you. Um, But yeah, that's how it felt. It felt just like, it felt like maybe you were denying yourself something. Yeah. You weren't going to let yourself do it, or maybe it wasn't the right time, or you've thought about doing something, but like you haven't done it yet. And Mm -hmm. I think it was just your okay to do it. I don't know what that means. Yeah. No, last week I was like, I actually have like three things booked for today, like all healing. And like last week I was like, man, should I do this? Like, so I don't know if it was just like, it's like reaffirming that like, this is the right thing for me to do. And I need to like consistently be doing this because like this support and this, this, you know, and like, thank you so much for listening to this best of 2022 part one podcast episode. I hope you loved it. And in two weeks, we will have the best of 2022 part two. 
where I will have more clips from Sarah, and Co- Sarah Cohan from more insecure healing, insecure attachment styles, the mushroom mamacita, Lauren Aletta, and some a couple solos, um, human design and emotions, and then witnessing the ego. So stay tuned for that one. Uh, next week is going to be the lessons of 2022. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your year. As always, every link you need is down in the show notes. And I look forward to speaking to you next week.